I mean, we're looking right now at a picture of Robert Pattinson. Look at those eyes. It's not a bad that Thursday night, That is a soul right? of a man that has lived <laughs> and would know how to both rob your local bank and take you out to your best restaurant. He'd, he'd rob you and then you'd be like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but like, you I forgive like, me, right? Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you are listening to episode 78 of Flix Watcher. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher podcast. Today, myself and Helen... Are joined by Karina. Hi. And Sarah. Hello. From the Picture Houses podcast. And we're going to be talking about Good Time. Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. Hey guys, just as a big reminder, all films on the podcast were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There will be bad language. There will be spoilers. I hope you enjoy it. See you later. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of the Flix Watcher podcast. In our studio today, our guests are Sarah and Karina. If you would like to tell our lovely listeners about the podcast that you do, please. Um, so we both are resident co-hosts for the Pitch House podcast, which, as our um, fellow co-host Sam Clements will say, it was one of the first cinema podcasts in the history of the land. So we're very proud of it. The um, England or the world? <laughs> the globe? Um, the whole universe. Oh, shit. Okay. It's probably a lie, but <laughs> let's roll with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great, obviously. Um, but we talk about all the films that are coming out in the cinematic universe, as well as the ones that are also releasing at all our lovely cinemas across the land. And you guys get to, um, it's fair to say the format's kind of changed a bit over the past six months, hasn't it? It has, yes. We used to have the lovely Simon Renshaw, who um, will be along as well, um, when as and when he can. But um, I'm relatively new to Picture House and I've come along and Sam's kindly asked me if I'd like to get more involved, which I would. I've uh, got a journalistic background and broadcasting background and I love films and I love talking about films. So it was a no-brainer. Um, so... Yeah, but we the format now is um, as weekly as we can, and we'll talk about the releases that are coming out in cinema, um, not just our cinema, but we also have reviews of the things that we like, the things that we think that people should come and watch, mm-hmm. um, and we look at the box office for our cinemas and the overall cinematic landscape. Yeah. And you guys both get to interview decent people involved in the films, which are... Karina, you, uh, you chatted with Spike Lee recently. Oh, yeah, Miss, me and Spike. And Sarah you know. with uh, Chloe Grace, Moret, well, lots of people. Mark Forrester. Yeah, Mark Forrester. Uh, Brian Cranston, which is the highlight of my life. I bring that up at every <laughs> cocktail party I'm at. <laughs> I love Brian Cranston. <laughs> you know, kind of and they're like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. even go to cocktail parties. I just turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. Yeah, it's, a, it's an enjoyable... I Because I'm marketing manager of Picture House Central um, and I run a small blog called Movies on Weekends um, and I make films with the Movies on Weekends tag. So I basically live in a world of film. Mm. So talking about film is basically my second language. Um, and I, yeah, I enjoy being part of the Picture House podcast. It's a lot of good titles and yeah. ones that maybe people wouldn't go watch initially. I tend to like enjoy the curation. I'm a, Helen knows I'm a big fan of Pitch House Central in particular, but I, I tend to really enjoy the curation that you guys do at Pitch House because you have the, you know, Incredibles 2 at the same time as Cold War at the same yeah. time as, you know. Yeah, um, quality bro- blockbuster and yeah. art house and indie. We Yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's a hotbed of great films that you can watch, whatever your cinematic tastes, so for sure. Well, Central is your favourite Picture House, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, do you have a favourite? I suppose you have to say Central if you're... Um, no, I mean, we're not based in Pitch House Central. We we have an office next door, pretty much. Um, oh, it's tough because I would say my heart's with Hackney because mm-hmm. I okay. born and bred in Hackney. Um, when I was doing freelancing as a film journalist, I would spend all my days in Hackney and just having my one cup of coffee make the last all day. Um, uh, but I recently took a trip to the Cameo in Edinburgh and, oh my God, it's so beautiful. They've done such a lovely job of making the interior very beautifully Art Deco. They've got old cinema posters from way, way back and it really is a home of vintage cinema as well as obviously showing all the new releases. So it's beautiful on that one. I'm nice. a big fan of uh, Edinburgh as well. So I think yeah. that's perhaps mm. a, a great combination, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of have to say Picture House Central because, you like, I'm the do, marketing I'm looking manager at you there. Like, I dare you to say someone else. <laughs> but, um, I mean, seriously, I if I wasn't at um, 
where I used to work with was Ritzy, which I don't get me wrong, I love Ritzy love so Ritzy. much. It's yeah. got a good vibe and it's different yeah. than any other pitch house you've been in. Um, and it's around the corner from me still, so I still visit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I o- always spend my time in Picture House Central because it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and you have that massive chandelier and um, it's just an experience going in. Nice. So we're here talking about Good Time, which was your choice, Sarah. Yes, it was. Can you uh, give us a two-minute synopsis and tell us why you brought this film to our ears? I can give it a go. Um, <laughs> so uh, Good Time is directed by brothers uh, Benji and Josh Safty and stars uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, it revolves around Connie, who is um, a petty criminal thief um, who looks after his um, mentally disabled brother, Nick. Um, and Nick is currently going through therapy uh, and Connie decides to steal him for one last bank robbery that goes awry and Nick ends up in prison. So the film then follows a whole evening of um, Connie trying to get the funds to get Nick out of prison. Um, and as classical stories go with petty criminals, it goes awry <laughs> in very, very, very wrong ways. Um, and it's all about Nick's... Um, desperation and how it increases and how that causes more more problems for him really um and i picked this film because it i love nothing more than a character spiral on the cinema right um but i also love the dual characters that um nick's connie is not a bad character but he's not a good one either so um his intention a victim of circumstance you think it's victim of circumstance but he's also got good intentions but doesn't know how to solve them without committing crimes so like he just wants to look after his brother but also he doesn't know how to without stealing from banks or conning people yeah it's very manipulative yeah taking advantage of people he thinks he can control yeah absolutely yeah and like i said i love watching that spiral out of control um and i think robert patterson is the perfect character actor to do this he can really get into the nuggets of a of a character and I absolutely adore his performance in it. Um, I think it kind of got a tepid release um, and I think a lot of people need to see it. If you're a big Robert Pattinson fan, you've seen... Didn't it go straight to Netflix or it had a very limited release of some sort? It had quite a controversial release because everybody loved it and then everyone was like, oh, I can't wait to see it in the cinema. I think it had a couple of screenings at London Film Festival and then it just went straight to VOD. So, so I know the, I think the guys at Little White Lies were like super They recommended it to us when yeah. they came in, yeah. And then it was like, oh, it's, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. When did it had a couple of screenings at Prince Charles and then I think it went to Curzon yeah. Home Cinema and then it went straight to Netflix. Uh-huh. So it really didn't have a, a, a big backing. Yeah, because I, I, I was lucky enough to catch it at a um, Biffa screening because I judged Biffas and... Um, What's just uh, tell us all what the Biffers are? The Biffers not for me are, and Helen, because we know the British Independent mm-hmm. Film Awards. Oh, ah, yeah. cool. Um, but it was in the international category, but side note. Um, but yeah, it was really good to watch it on the big screen because I think it really benefits from that tension and, like you say, I think the perfect word for it is spiral, spiraling out of control. And the music and just to be in the cinema to hear it on those big loudspeakers is the way it's supposed to be ex- experienced for sure. Do you think? Um, he, because I hadn't, I hadn't thought that he broke his brother out of almost like, almost like getting Murdoch out of the A team. He, he took his brother out of the, of the, I don't know, institution just for that crime. Do you think that's the whole reason he got him out of there? Because I just thought he's looking after his brother. And by the way, I'm going to do this thing, and then we're going to go on to. Yeah, it's interesting. I find that um, there is a part that he wanted to do this crime, and the only person that he could do it with was his brother, mm. and therefore he would happily put his brother in more danger. But also, I kind of think that he thinks he's the only one that can look after his brother and has this kind of distrust of institutions. And then it's like, well, we need to commit this crime because if I'm going to look after you, then I need money. Um, And I think he's ostracized from his grandmother. I think that's that's another plot point. So he does think that no one would ever look after his brother the way he could look after his brother. And I think that's where his good intentions lie. But he just doesn't know how to do it without robbing a bank <laughs> <laughs> i mean so bank robbing does it really happen and do people think it will really work because i mean we we don't really have bank robbing like they do in america well i don't know i don't uh, know I mean, if we hear about do we them not? i mean maybe they just go unreported in the news i don't know i don't know i, don't know. I mean does we should look that up could it work <laughs> well no we yes i the, think it could work in like a little one of the little villages near myself there was a bank robbery 
but I only heard about it because I went to that bank like a couple of weeks later and then someone came in to the cashier and said, are you guys all right after the robbery? And I was like, well, this is literally, like, it's a mile from my house. I didn't know it happened. The NatWest, the, there used to be a NatWest around the corner from where I live now, but that was closed because people kept repeatedly robbing it. But I think that was more that they kept breaking into the cash machines at night. Right, rather than actually Just going. slightly different to going up to the cashier and holding a note saying, give me money. Yeah, because you can imagine back in the day, even like the 80s kind of thing, there was perhaps quite a attempting thing to just go there, ask for money, put a gun up and people would just give you the cash. But nowadays... CCTV. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had bulletproof masks. Glare. <laughs> <laughs> but they you thought were, it all out. I mean, they had the whole, you know, they had the... Costume change. Very, uh, they they basically had different faces on and yeah. they changed their race even. So it was, I, I think they, it was very well thought out. But also it wasn't because then they asked for, they got the money that was in the till and they could have got away with it, which would have been a few thousands. Yeah. And then, but they were too greedy because as soon as he, as soon as she went away to, to the back to the safe to get more money, I thought, well, you're screwed. They're not that put clever, the paint are they? In there, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. most bo- bank robbers aren't that clever because you're trying to rob a bank period, really. So, <laughs> bit of a dumb thing to do is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Katzkin's brother. I mean, he had to come and his brother got caught after you know in the, the ensuing chase. It was always going to happen, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You you, you kind of see that he's his brother is going to end up on the worst end of the stick mm. for the, the bank robbery. Um, and, you know, Connie could have easily turned around and been like, yo, it was me. <laughs> but he doesn't yeah. and spends the entire movie not doing that, which is the first thing he should have done. Um, right up until like obviously the end where he's like, oh yeah, it was me. And that's the only good, the good way. Um, but yeah, his brother, I just, you feel instantly sorry for the brother from the beginning who is you know he just doesn't know what's really going on yeah. and gets like taken under this broken wing of his brother and mm. and he's obviously looking up to his brother so he's yeah. going to do anything that he says in order to get that recognition from the cool older brother the cool yeah the cool i've mm. been there i've done that with my sister <laughs> my sister told me i could uh wanted to rob a bank i'd follow her <laughs> yeah well, well i don't have an older brother or sister but um i'm sure my younger brother would do exactly as i told at that <laughs> let's talk about the spiral helen the spiral down as, as sarah's described which i think is a fair yeah i mean fair it, description. it's a very fine line between the absurd and the hilarious because it does just keep getting weirder and weirder mm. um to a point where it becomes completely surreal as well so it's it's kind of a weird thing because it's kind of funny, but it's not, but it is really weird. They end up in a ghost train, ghost house at one point, yeah. um, which is really bizarre and really weird. And there's some, basically anyone he gets involved with, it does not end well for them mm. in any kind of way. Yeah. They, well, he kind of sucks them in and then they get spat out as soon at, at the earliest opportunity. Literally mm. spat out. Literally spat mm. out. He, so, he leaves a trail of unfortunate victims in his way. And, and the, the the hospital breakout. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's so stressful. Obviously spoilers. So, I mean, we will say now there will be spoilers. Um, he attempts to break his brother out of the hospital jail. Yeah which he does semi-successfully. <laughs> um, but it ain't his brother. It, it was, his brother was the other guy. <laughs> How many people, because I thought, no, that's not going to be his brother. As soon as it happened, as soon as he saw someone lying in bed with fully covered face, I thought that's not going to be his brother. To be honest, I had no idea what was going to happen. Right. At this point, I was like, well, I could, anything could happen from now. Mm. Um, is it just me? I'm quite naive and I allow myself to be naive when I'm watching films so that I, I'm allowed that suspense and mm. that surprise because I like being surprised. So I don't like to guess ahead too much. Um, and yeah, probably that's just my excuse for being a bit naive. <laughs> no, I, like, I think yeah. I'm the same. I no, was prepared yeah. to go along with whatever was going to happen, but I knew it was probably not going to be great having seen <laughs> what had come before it. I think, you know, it's not going to be that easy. Yeah. You know, you know that something's going to happen and it's like, that's not, his, not that it's not his brother, but that couldn't be that easy this early on in the film. And I also like the fact that he managed to find someone worse than him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like of all the people in the hospital. But I think that's what makes it so interesting. So you've got this conundrum on our hands as soon as we realise we've got this new character in the mix. 
And I think that's where it could go either way of being overstuffed, too complicated or too stressful. But actually, it really adds to the narrative. And you're suddenly given this whole new story. In, in a way, that could be a story all on its own. Mm. Because the the way he recalls, and I love that scene when he's actually recalling how this person who's not the brother got himself there in the first place and how ridiculous that whole story is. And But how funny, you're right, how funny it is, but it's also really dark and a mess. Because when he was ex- when he starts explaining it, I was like, why are we listening to this thing? Why are we listening to why how this guy got into hospital? And then as soon as it finishes, Rob, you see Rob, Robert Patterson and Connie like looking on Google Maps to work out where... So it's like m- a little light bulb goes... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's quite a nice touch, actually. Because um, in the story, he, he says about getting out of prison, um, first thing he does is go and last with his friends. His, one of his friends has made a shitload of acid, which is worth a load of money, and they managed to come across a fair bit of money as well. Get chased by the police, end up in the in the haunted house thing. Which the security guard is, I can't remember his Mark name Abdi. now. So. But they end up in the, in the haunted house, and, but they had to leave all the money there. So Robert Patterson's like, let's go and get this money mm. because I need this money to help my brother. Mm. And um, he adds this is hit to his opportunist personality. Yeah. He's just like, all right let's go get this, this is what we're going to do um so i that was probably one of my favorite parts of it i was actually thinking it's going away from this story but then bringing it back to having some kind of focus as, as to what they're doing meanwhile they've got this uh this young girl in tow as well who who, yeah, they've, who they've managed to fully manipulate a her grandmother and b herself into like giving them giving connie food a place to stay hair um, dye hair dye <laughs> weird, weird near sexual relations yeah um which he, he kisses her so she doesn't see him on TV as exactly. an escaped criminal. I don't know how he, how he gets away with it. Any well, he doesn't, does he? Well, I mean, he, <laughs> he manages to string people along for a bit, doesn't he? Because he's yeah, all pats. Sure. I mean, he's he for all his uh, bad traits, he's also quite a handsome man, and I think he's kind of, again he's an opportunist. He's walked into this woman's house mm-hmm. who's taken him in off the goodness of her own heart and looked after this issue that she doesn't have to at all but she's like okay this guy needs my help he's got a sick brother i'm going to look after him meanwhile he's entering into the home which i think is a really interesting point to the atmosphere of the film because that house adds to the stress it's so full of crap mm. and it's messy and dirty and claustrophobic and it, you feel just like oh what's going on here anyway the young girl um yeah even just he hears her say my boyfriend i mean my ex-boyfriend who is a drug dealer so she's he's like okay those are the kind of she she likes the bad boys i think i'm in here <laughs> um and yeah she just goes along with it and cause she's she's smoking and she's up all late at night so she's obviously just fair game really but you can tell she's not an idiot but she's also not the first woman he manipulates because the wonderful Jennifer Jason Lee, um, of course, is his usual target for manipulation and, and money, it would appear. Yeah, we don't see that much of her, which is a bit of a shame. A bit of a shame, it? yeah. Yeah, she's an unfortunate character, isn't she? Yeah, and she has this um, really good on off-screen mother yes. who riles her up but actually does the right thing of like, oh, you're with your boyfriend, let's let's... Let's cancel the card. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you don't give him any money. And she has this kind of. Also, what I like is that she has a, a petulant child voice to her when she's talking to her mother, um, which kind of um, is why she'd probably go for a bad boy because she wants to really annoy her uh, her folks. So um, yeah, I think Jennifer Jefferson the character is quite interesting. I wish we'd go back to her. But um, I quite like the fact she made this small cameo. But she's part of the detritus that is left in the wake of, of Connie's of Connie's existence, I guess, isn't she? Yeah. Um, the director is, I think, the, the two directors. Well, um, his, his brother Nick yeah. is he's, one of the directors he is of the, the film, director, yeah. um, which is great. I don't know. I don't know if he's involved in anything else. I don't know how much research he. Oh, I haven't seen any of their previous films, but I know that they worked together as brothers for everything. Yeah, but I haven't had the pleasure. Like the Coens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, on a completely slightly unrelated note, um, one of the uh, dogs in it is called Underpants. So there's there's a few dogs who feature in the film, and the dog that plays it is called Underpants, which I thought was lovely. I've been calling that out down your local park. Yeah. Underpants. underpants. I can't remember which dog it was, but there's a there's a few dogs in it. Mm. 
And one of them is the dog Underpants, who may have featured in other films. I'm not really sure. He didn't have an IDMB page. Yet. Justice for dogs. <laughs> Justice for Underpants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I guess we should talk about Robert Patterson, who yeah. continues to take on kind of bold choices and um, interesting roles post, I mean, is it still post-Twilight? People still saying that? I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, he's had a really interesting career and I think he's doing his damnedest to make sure that that Twilight is well behind him. Um, you have him in Claire Denise's new sex sci-fi romp which I cannot wait to see. So I missed I missed it. I, I went to Toronto and the press line was too long and I just wept all the way home. But yeah, um, I think he's an incredible actor. So interesting. Um, obviously very handsome, um, but rugged enough to play these two different types of like the handsome, charming young man, as well as the person that takes his disabled brother around town on uh, bank robbering. Bank, bank robbering. robbering. <laughs> New word. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the two leads from Twilight have done interesting yeah. and, and progressively yeah. doing more and more decent films. Not, I don't, not, a twi- not the biggest Twilight fan. Um, the yeah, they could have gone no horrendously is, boring. Unless you're 17. <laughs> and you're tra- is anyone in this room a big Twilight fan before <laughs> no. we offend people? <laughs> I quite like the first one. I thought the first one was an interesting film. And I read the book of the first one. But the second film bored me to tears and then I didn't watch any more. Yeah, it's because they got rid of the female director on the first one. But anyway. This is, you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> what they the did with the Hunger Games as well. The first one. Um, oh, what's her name? Yeah, never ask me names of things because I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> never ask me numbers and names. Someone tweet in with the female director of the Hunger Games. Uh, Twilight. No, that's, fe- that's embarrassing. I can't remember. So I think the, direct, the, fe- the first Hunger Games was directed by a female. Uh, uh, it um, wasn't. It was Gary Ross. The first Hunger the first Games. Ones. Yeah. And then it was Frances Lawrence. I know so much about the Hunger Games series for a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. But I mean... Um, Robin Patterson and Kirsten Stewart. Yes, they've yeah, done, they've she's interesting. I films. find she's Post- really interesting. Yeah, Catherine Hardwick. Catherine Hardwick. Oh, yeah. I mean, Catherine it could have gone either, either way for both of them. They could have ended up doing terrible teen trilogies and things, but they decided, no, going to make really weird films. <laughs> but they're, they're, per- they're perfect indie material, I yeah. think, because they've got those stoic, quite blank faces, but actually emote very much. And those piercing eyes that say so much behind the soul. So uh, there's a lot to work with there. I mean, look, I mean, we're looking right now at a picture of Robert Pattinson. Look at those eyes. It's not a bad That Thursday is a night, soul right? of a man that has lived <laughs> and would know how to both rob your local bank and take you out to your best restaurant. He'd, he'd rob you and then you'd be like, okay, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, be like, you forgive me, right? Like, okay, okay. <laughs> Give me money. Sure, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. But he's he's a brilliant, brilliant actor and, mm. and, and Good Time really, really does take it out, take that talent out of him for sure. I think with some of the guys from Harry Potter as well, they seem to have done interesting films outside of it. And I think... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, when I say interesting, I mean then films that we wouldn't necessarily expect them to directly go on to. Yeah, yeah. And how much of it do you think is like they've got a lot of money in the bank now. I mean, yeah. Um, what's your main Harry Potter guy called? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. So he's got like a, a booming real estate business in New York, for example. Yeah. So he doesn't need any money now. So why why take films that you not aren't interesting to you or? But uh, to be fair, from what I hear on the grapevine, he because he's got all this money and he's got all the like he doesn't need to do anything of big block blockbuster value. He. But he does love film and he loves cinema and he takes mm. the responsibility as an actor and somebody in the movie business to do those indie films because mm-hmm. he knows his worth. He knows that his name's on the on the front of a poster, people will come and see it. So he gives back to those indie filmmakers and lends his name, if you like. Yeah. Is this, is this Pat, um, Radcliffe Rad, or Patterson? Rad, uh, Radcliffe. Okay. Yeah. Rad, uh, Radcliffe, I went to a Q&A for Swiss Army Man, mm. uh, which I adored. Like, I love Swiss Army Man. Again, I love my black comedies. Um, and he he's so film intelligent. He knows so many references yeah. and so many classic films that you wouldn't expect it because you just think he's Harry Potter. <laughs> so he does invest his time into cinema um, and he has picked roles that are so far away from Harry Potter that you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily think he'd go for him. Like A Corpse, for example, mm, that also yeah. farts to help someone survive. Like it, That was a weird film. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much. Um, and 
I kind of appreciate that because um, he could have easily just gone, right, I'm going to sign all these films. But I don't want to offend the guy, but he's not a classic Hollywood, good-looking, chiselled... Radcliffe? Radcliffe, yeah. yeah. Looking, but, so it does very lend himself nice. to almost the character actor, doesn't he? Yeah, which means that his he, could, he can go into these roles as like a twisted demon guy in horns or, you know, as a corpse in Swiss Army Man. And he really does them really well because he meets them with much gusto, um, which I appreciate. And like you said, if he's putting his he knows that these films will get more recognition for him just being in it then it makes me love a guy and the same with Patterson and Kristen Stewart I think they know that their names Emma Watson too Mm. Percy being a wallflower is one of my favourite films that came out that year that's a great film it's a lovely film yeah Kill All Your Darlings was a good one but we one of the earliest films we reviewed was The Woman in Black yeah which was not the film for Daniel Radcliffe it was just like He's a 35-year-old widower. No, nope. yeah. did not buy that. Uh, we're talking about people who aren't in this film. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's going to spiral out. We digress. This is what happens. Uh, can we talk about the music? Let's talk about the music. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> one, one Tricks Point Never? Has that got that right? One Point Tricks Never? That's yeah. the name oh, of the person yes. who does it? Yes, yes, um, yes. I, well, I listen to it all the time. I love synth heavy. I mean, we're in this era mm. of synth heavy indie films. And this one really the works. Guests. The Guest. Oh, that's a good one. I've not seen that yet. What? Uh, is it on Netflix? I don't know. <laughs> Someone uh, request it. used to be on Netflix. It's no longer on Netflix because yeah. yeah. I love Dan Stevens and I, I think regularly want to go. It was Drive it. probably one of the ones that propagated. Kicked it off. Yeah. yeah. Drive. I've, it I've Follows yeah. has yeah. one. Yeah. They're that's coming. got a great soundtrack. Very, very synth-heavy moment. And I think it works here because it's very, um, and at points it's so chaotic mm. and so mm. like loud. And I think you need that because it's loud just when Connie is struggling to figure out what's going on. And it's like... You almost imagine of- that's the sound that's going on in his brain as he's trying to think, how do I get out <laughs> of this situation? Mm. And maybe yeah. that's exactly what is going on in his brain all the time, which is why he thinks, oh, I'm just going to do this now. It's not a good idea. No? Maybe. No, I agree for sure. And it goes it it goes really well with the look and feel because it's really kind of grainy and dark and yeah. some really striking on. points. Like I think one of perhaps one of the reasons you talked about the haunted house uh, bit quite early on is because it is once you're in there with the with the black light and the red wall and stuff like that, um, it is quite a striking scene. Mm, mm. Um, maybe we'll allude to that bit in the small screen score. Yeah, no, it's beautiful and um, it, it's a lot of it actually is shot on thirty five mil. Whether it's all shot on thirty five to get that texture mm. and that feel of um the grain is but i think that certainly works for the overall cinematography and to add to that angst and that grubbiness i think it really works i think it's about time to scores guys so these are uh special scores they are um patent pending yep and uh, they are all out of five. You, you spreadsheet. This is we do this spreadsheet so of dreams. <laughs> um, they're all out of five. You can have decimal places. You can have a zero, but no minuses. And uh, we'll start with you, Sarah, because this is your choice. So the recommendability, how how much in numbers would you recommend this? Oh, see, this is like my second favourite film of last year. So I am going to go slap bang. I was going to say five. I'll give it a 4.7. Can I give 4.7? Yeah. Give, Very give specific. Pie. <laughs> give pie. 4.7362. Um, getting no, in, getting I, in there, I like it. <laughs> Warm enough my own heart, this Sarah. So Where does it lose the point? Seven, five, Um, Where does it lose yeah. the point? I would probably say it kind of loses its point in... That makes me really happy. <laughs> that makes me <laughs> so happy. Really upset. My OCD is just twitching so bad right now. Imagine this happening every time. I have to put up with this all the time. It's distressing. Anyway. Um, I think, oh, where does it lose the point? I would probably say maybe not enough attention to the, uh, some of the characters. I'd mm. quite like to know more. Do you know for Jason Lee, for example? Um, that would probably be my... My little thing. And I also really don't like how Ray's the smart demise. I think that was a bit too much. Ray, the guy that comes along. Comes along, yeah. yeah. Um, Because, spoiler alert, he falls out a window. Yeah. And I don't quite like that. I think it's just too shocking for a film that was quite quietly disturbing and creepy and thrillery and 
like spirally that was just a bit too much because you really have Connie in a police car you don't need anything more you don't, I don't know but, I thought that's that was quite the, satisfying yeah it's the tale of destruction finally coming to the end so mm-hmm. that everyone who's been involved in and has now kind of got their sort of ending apart from his brother seems to hopefully be well this is ending it. up in a nicer place by being away from him yeah he's mm-hmm. ending up in a much better place yeah that credit sequence gorgeous yeah it's really I sweet I love that that they gave him that yeah that kind of we can get him into a group that's going to take care of him. Karina? Um, four. I really loved this film as well. I think it's a really ta- really interesting tour de force of tension. Um, it's not too long, which is a big thing for me. I do like a good <laughs> film that's under, yeah, I, under two hours. When I, when I tap this into Netflix, 1.4, one hour, 41. I was like, yes, right? that's fine. It's satisfying. <laughs> this is good. Um, it's Robert Patterson, who I think is one of our greatest actors, and he's in it, and it's he's doing something different, and it's a really beautiful film and yet a horrible story being told in a very marvellous way. H. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you both said. Um, I think I'm also going to give it a four. Um, it's really interesting. Um, it's kind of really bizarre as well and really surreal. And there's a lot going on there in the direction and the sound and the performances. But it is pretty weird. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there will be some people who will be like, this film's really boring or this film's really oh, weird. You or You can't call this film boring. That's one thing you cannot call this. It's, it's, so quite, it's quite slow, sort of slowish at the start, though. Oh, I disagree. I think there's a lot going on and you're, you're just breathless by the end of it, personally. I'm going to go lower than you guys. I, thought I was, was going to go for a four, but you guys were so effusive, but, but went for a four. So I, I think I feel I have to play a bit Why? Lower. Why did you play lower? Yeah. Right, because why? I don't feel as effusive as you, as you guys were. Well, I, I mean... Maybe we've just this isn't going to be so this isn't a favorite film. It's kind of weird. I, I'm giving it a four because I think more people should see it because yeah. it deserves a wider audience. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say it's not my favorite film. I think it's really a really interesting film. I'm going three point seven five, and because I was sat next to someone who didn't like it at all, so I think there will be there'll be many other people who didn't like it at all. I I generally enjoyed the flow of it, but I. Uh, many points it's kind of exasperated at how easily he managed to con the the, the next person the girl in the, in the, the what well, the grandmother then her granddaughter and then the guy who they um uh, came across in the in the car well stealing the body from the hospital who then turned out to be someone who was then a cohort i just felt a bit like come on man this is not yeah but none of those people were alluded to a, a particularly bright so and they're they're all given the kind of when we meet them we're under the impression that they are probably going to go along with what he is because of their situation i still i wasn't a big fan of it's like five or six different people along the course of the film that went along with his went along with his plans without much Mm. kind of like no hold on let's not do this i think that's kind of the point and there's only one review that i've read that has alluded to this quite interestingly and that's a.o scott's um new york times piece Mm. and it's a really sly observation i think on new york america in in privilege male white privilege and how many if you look at how many black characters there are in that and the fact that they he is pretending to be a black guy doing the robbery Mm. and then throughout the rest of the film he's basically just getting away with it and he's just walking through life which ultimately is what privilege is um but it's done quite on the low and not many people have kind of picked up on that on any reviews because i walked out of it going this is weird Mm. an interesting i I was kind of twitching in the observations of what it really meant and what it was saying about new york and america um and yeah, it was just that one review that's like, okay, I'm not going mad. This is certainly good, saying something about that. I didn't read that review. I just came to the conclusion by myself. Um, <laughs> but okay, yeah, three points. I think it's still worth watching. And if we are, as Helen and I know many cine literate people, um, I think, yeah, definitely watch it. Um, but you know, you know, when something just in a film, sometimes it sticks in your craw, even though it's perhaps it is part of the plot. It just doesn't really sit well with you. Uh, and that's why it's a bit lower than you guys. Not by much, though. Repeat right. viewing score, Sarah. I've seen it a lot. Oh, wow. <laughs> How many times? Um, I've seen it, well, I think four times is a lot for when I first saw it, which I think was the beginning of this year, 
end of last year. So that's quite a lot of time. Yeah, I um, I have a good time with good time. Um, I've been trying to get that in all podcasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I I enjoy it. It's, like you said, it's a very short runtime, mm-hmm. and I that appeases to me so much mm-hmm. that um, if I'm looking for something to watch, it's the one I go. It to. does help. It does help. Yeah. Should we? I mean, as a slight sidetrack, your your colleagues. Starting a new podcast. I was going to say, this is a perfect opportunity to segue to our fearless leader, Sam Clements' new 90-minute podcast. Yeah, 90-minute festival Coming podcast. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone's coming on, has to pick a film with <laughs> 90 minutes. Yeah, I've picked my film. Watch this space. Yeah, I have a list. And they're all like my favourite films. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and they're all 90 minutes or less. <laughs> 90 minutes or less. Yeah. That's the, it's the, good, them it's good the there's rules. a plethora of them, isn't there? Yeah. Mm, but it's not as easy as you would think to find a 90 minute or less film. Well, I saw him at, as we record, it's the weekend after the London Podcast Festival. And he was speaking, he was showing me like an email trail he had with someone. And they were like, I've got two films. One's 93 minutes, one's 94 minutes. Which one do you prefer? And he's like, <laughs> no. It's supposed to be 90 minutes or less. <laughs> Can you not get? the idea of the podcast and it's 90 minutes with credits that's yeah. like right oh, into right, the end okay. of the credits yeah. like you have it you can't yeah. you can't go over yeah. just a smidge if imdb know. says it's over 90 minutes it is yeah. out exactly um so you've seen it four times in the space of a year which is that's high yeah this it's day high. yeah it's one of my favorite films of last year i you said what yeah well, this is what, what was, the, what was the um top one if this if you've seen this over four times and it wasn't your favorite what was the one that picked it to is it can i just quickly check because my brain is so full of this I know, year's I was films thinking, what was my um we get this that, all the time people always say ask us what's the best film on netflix at the moment it was a double it was a double act i just remembered it was l and moonlight i could pick between oh, them. Okay. yeah of course February. it was moonlight last year Gosh. yeah it came yeah. out february oh yes I, yeah 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 yeah, and good. I love L, and of course they're completely different films, and I just couldn't. Put... And that's what's perfect. I mean, yeah. both uh, Isabel Huppert was Oscar nominated, wasn't she? Yes, Best yeah. actress. That was a great. Film, kind of actually. a similar vibe, um, L and Good Time in that yeah. kind of angsty world of well, I think mayhem and 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 awful things that happening. That is pretty much where I stay in cinema. Is um, <laughs> like kind down. of dark blackness <laughs> with mm-hmm. humour because I think L does deliver good humour as well in a film that is like the darkest subject you can ever put on a film. Yeah. The fact that they've been so bold to put humor and charisma and, um, and her kind of, again, her spiral. Mm. I do. I do like, a, like I said, I love a good spiral. Um, yeah. Repeat me in score. Um, Translate that into numbers. <laughs> uh, what is it out of? Five. five. Everything's out of five. So if I've seen it four times, it's got to be pretty high. Yeah. Four, four yeah. times in a year, that's the thing. Yeah, four times in a year, that's a lot. So, yeah, let's give it a four. Right. I would say four. And you think you'll see it more times is a, is a question as well. Because sometimes you've only seen a film once, but you think, I'm going to watch this again, definitely. I'll soon. probably watch it. Now we're talking about it, my brain's like, go watch it, go home and watch it. <laughs> wow. Go watch it again. Karina. Um, so you watch it the first time and you get all the twists and turns. So watching it a second time... To be fair, actually, I watched it. I've only watched it twice. Once when I last year, and again for this podcast. And um, I did forget a lot of it, so it was actually. But then I'm a little bit senile, so that kind of doesn't count. Um, so I was enjoying it for the second time as well. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a good quality film. I mean, it's there's a lot of uh, enjoyment in it. Um, whether it bothers you that you know the outcome that's up to you but i would say i'd say a, a, a good 3.5 <laughs> helen um i'm gonna go a little bit lower i'm gonna give it a two i'm not gonna rush to see it again um but i'm, I'm i may return to it but there's more films to see before then well this is it i actually don't watch many films again because i'm so behind on all the films that are out there i'm just thinking if i could watch this again or i could watch something, something i've never seen ever before yeah it has to be a special film for me at the moment. Yeah, so and I might actually move that down to three. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. quite stressed I, I at the used moment. to have so many hours where I just used to watch films that I'd seen time and time before. When, and now just... Yeah. When I was at university, I used to watch The Afternoon Neighbours and then The, the Late Afternoon Neighbours in the all same right. day. This, this is just you. This is, this is, no, <laughs> this, we, we all... That's special. You, we you say it. we. Don't use we. I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go for... 
yeah, one point seven eight. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> that's not I'm enjoying this. Um, well, it I, is. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Excel spreadsheet says it's a number, so go roll with it. I don't think I'll watch it much. I don't think I'll watch it much, but I think I'll, I need some. I think I need some distance to, before watching it again. Yeah. Um, one of the films we recently re- talked about was Social Network. Yes. And that was like eight years in between watching, and I think that that was a really nice kind of period before between watching. It. And I think Good Time probably deserves that kind of breathing point because I know, yeah. like I say, now I know all the twists and turns, even though even though I knew it wasn't the brother. Uh, small screen score Sarah oh see this is going to be lower because I actually never caught it at the cinema mm. um, I caught it on Curzon home cinema when it was because there was not many viewings of it um, and um, I not that I think it's detrimental to the film I just think it needed a bigger release and I think it needed to be seen on screen yeah I think it um, has such good visuals and that score is so so um, in- enveloping that you need to see it on a big screen, and I kind of wish if anyone's out there, someone would bring it back. Like, so, I mean, if only cinemas. we knew people who worked to the cinemas. cinema. Yeah. I know it's a shame, right? I mean, <laughs> and put on film like festivals. a classic Tuesday or something. Mm. Well, who works on Picture House? I think they might be like involved. <laughs> it's political. <laughs> Let's just leave it. Let's leave it. Leave it. Curzon put it on. Come on. Yeah, well, it is a curse on home like yeah. distribution. <laughs> so come on, Curzon, bring it back. Um, so I will give it a free for small screen. I don't think it's bad on the small screen. I don't think you're missing anything. I just think it deserves to be seen on a big screen. Karina. Um, it does deserve a big screen outing. Um, uh, but if anything, mostly for the sound and hearing hearing that sound drum up the the correct emotion for you have to confess as part of me trying to watch this for the second time for this podcast I did start watching it on my phone on my new Netflix app <laughs> which I didn't realize I could download stuff I'm a bit of a social uh, media luddite on that respect on, on that respect but yeah don't watch it on your phone it's please awful. don't it's please awful. don't ever you, watch any yeah, film I mean that's the phone. first that's actually one of the first films I've ever watched on my phone it's just like I need to watch this before today tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it, it doesn't work on the very, very small screen. Um, I did watch this on Netflix and it kind of works if you have the lights down low and no distractions, obviously, and that's how you should watch all films. Um, but yeah, it's, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I love cinema. I think everything should be watched at cinema, but I, th- I, I think a, a three. Yeah, a three. Helen? Um, I'm gonna go a bit higher uh, i think go 3.5 and i'm giving uh, agree with everything you've said um but it gets the extra 0.5 because we weren't really given a chance to see it at the cinema it went so quickly um and do you think you would have you would have made the effort to see it um if it was out for a couple of weeks yeah i might have done because we were recommended it a personal recommendation mm-hmm. which um is always a, a good one and it's kind of like the type of film that I would go and watch anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's fine as long as you watch it on TV with like, your sound turned up. But it, I think it was a shame that pe- more people weren't given a chance to see it. But now is your chance because it's on Netflix. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say four. I think if I'd seen this in the cinema, I would have been like, yeah, it's fine. I, mean, I think the only thing, the only striking part was in the in the haunted house with the black light and the, that, those kind of garish lights going on. I somehow missed the soundtrack. It didn't hit me as much as it did you guys. So that's why I think I'd need to listen to it again or maybe just download the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Add it to your ever-growing list of soundtracks <laughs> to work to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, engagement score. Sarah, do you want an explanation of this? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the engagement score, obviously when you're watching TV, uh, when you're watching Netflix, typically in your home, you are surrounded by distractions and it takes a special film to kind of keep you away from those distractions. So how much, how much did that, how well did this film do that? How engaged were you in the film? Uh, 4.917, <laughs> two. <laughs> so it's like reading out bingo score. Uh, it's like the football score. Four, yeah, football score. 4.971. <laughs> Um, I, I, um, oh, I have to admit that I am a sucker for distractions when I'm at home, which is probably why I prefer watching things in the cinema, because I have like I hate people getting their phones out in the cinema, mm. and I hate being distracted. They're the worst people. 
they, they the are worst. the worst people. <laughs> um, and I really enjoy having like up to two hours in a black box. Yeah. Um, but when I'm at home, I do have like the sly, I'm going to just check my emails. <laughs> um, and it's really hard to resist that. However, I did it like once and it was once that I was like, oh, no, <coughs> excuse me. It's like through my phone because I was really invested. I was really invested in this film. Cool. I did not distract myself. I put all the lights off in my house and it was just being by myself. My housemate wasn't in. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Karina. So I think the film does benefit from being properly engaged and <coughs> paying attention to all the plot twists and turns so that you can actually give a shit by the end of it. Um but yeah, I'm terrible. I am the worst. I don't know how to sit still. I have to literally sit on my hands to not like get my phone out or go and do my nails or go and do the washing up or clean something that just was cleaned five minutes ago. Um, engagement, but yeah, it is engaging. I, I'll give it a, I'll give it two point five. But that's probably me with every film because literally nothing actually catches my engagement unless I'm at a cinema. Helen. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Probably had a little bit of a nose around director, what they'd done before um, yeah. near near the start. But after that, pretty much engaged. And I didn't even make a note of how long it was. So you enjoyed I, it that yeah, much. I enjoyed it that much that I didn't complain about the length. So um, yeah, 4.5. Um, four. Point one. 4.1. Um, liked it. And I just, yeah, I, I think I was just kind of brought into how I just want to know where, where it's going to end up. I want to know who was going to... What weird shit was going to happen What next? weird shit. I don't even think it's that weird. I just kind of thought... It's a bit weird. It is a bit weird, but there's there's, there's much weirder films. Um, but I, I just kind of think I was kind of taken in by where, kind of, where is this actually going? That was my kind of driving thing that kept me into it. Where is this going? And... I'm not going to, we're not going to give, I'm not going to give away the full spoiler that what happens at the end. Well, you, I think Sarah did. I think I already did. Yeah. yeah. Did. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it was that satisfying an ending apart from the brother, but we'll leave it there. But that gives us a final score of 3.54. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for my 2.5, but I, it's, yeah, it just, that would be my answer <laughs> for pretty much everything. I'm feeling really good about my 4.16335 overall score. Yeah, yeah. that's good. good. I think it's the, the repeat viewing score is the, is the section that let it down the most. Yeah. And I think that's kind of fair enough. Shall we see if uh, Twitter had anything to say? Absolutely. So when we are recording, if you follow us on Twitter, we will put a shout out and you'll be able to see it because it'll have a lovely little gif there. And uh, we said that we're reviewing Good Time. Uh, uh, have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout out on Flixwatch. And we asked for your five-star review as well. So um, what did we have? Sarah, would you like to read that out? Uh, this is from Def by Film, who gave it five stars, and I agree with them. One of the best movies of 2017, and Pattinson should have been nominated for an Oscar. I I I queried that. <laughs> I have seen this. Yeah. Um, so 2017 was he? Well, uh, Death by Film said Denzel Washington shouldn't have been should have replaced. They brought Pattinson should have replaced Denzel Washington, which was for Fences. And the other nominees were Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Uh, the person that won it was uh, Affleck, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. And I thought, I thought, and Hacksaw Ridge, um, Andrew, Garfield. Andrew Garfield were the, were the nominees. It's quite a meh kind of year then, really. So, um, well, I don't I think I Denzel was the one to get kicked no. out of there. I think Gosling was a bigger... Gosling, yeah. I mean... I but I don't think, I'm not sure it should have been that Hacksaw Ridge and I love Andrew Garfield but my god was that a bad performance so I would have you would have kicked, kicked him out Garfield yeah he's done better work um, <laughs> oh wait Social Network is a, a recent review of ours yeah, and, yeah. It's what good about um, Sugar Rush TV series oh was he in what was he in that yeah he was the neighbour he had a crush on her oh shit I didn't know that at all I don't know what that I is I just love Sugar Rush yeah, it's great. I need to watch that again. Yeah. Set, him, set him by some Lenora Critchlow. I got really excited because they added a documentary series called Sugar Rush on Netflix and I got, I lost my mind and I ran towards it, clicked in it and it was about sweets. I was like, I'm not into this. <laughs> Good Time was nominated for a Palm Door, may I add. Oh, was it? Because um, I was, I, I just looked it up because I was thinking, I'm sure Robert Pattinson was 
awarded some or nominated for an award, but um, but yeah, it can. It was, it was nominated for Independent Spirit Award. Yeah, which I don't know if that actually counts. <laughs> like in the you grand tried. scheme of things. <laughs> you tried. Um, so um, and the best, it, it did uh, nominated for best soundtrack at Cannes as well. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, I definitely need to get that on Spotify. Um, guys, can you tell us as a sign off where we can find you online and um, say sayonara in whichever language you want to do? Right. <laughs> um, I am at cookie n screen um, and I should probably shout out at central picture h for picture house central's really confusing twitter handle not just picture houses generally you just want to focus on your bad boy well i'm the marketing manager of that bad boy Good so. girl. <laughs> uh, my name on twitter is karina karina double r one n and a c karina karina uh wasn't that a film by with Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. It was not great. Okay. But we don't talk about that. Every time I see your Twitter handle. Whoopi fans don't talk about that. Yeah. All I get is Wycliffe Sean going, Karina, Karina, I mean, in my head. There are a lot I... of songs with my name in it. Um, I was named after the Muddy Waters version. My mum was a blues fan. She knew what she was doing. Um, <laughs> she knew what she was doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spike Lee actually sang my name. That, this is a Ooh. name drop when I interviewed him. He was just like, Karina, Karina. I was like, Oh my God, Spike Lee's singing my name. This is amazing. So I just wanted to bring that up. Do you go to cocktail parties now? Of course, yes. Spike Lee's singing my name. (laughs) I say it every day on the way to work. She's like, by the way. Anyway, um, no, Karina Karina on Twitter. um, And also Bechtel Test Fest is my um, side hustle. And you can get that at at Bechtel Test Fest. Um, And then obviously at Picture Houses for the full Picture House experience online. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. As always, you can find us on iTunes. Do you subscribe and leave us a nice review if you feel like it? You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and the website is FlixWatcher.tv. Thanks, as always, to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Brendan Russell for his awesome editing skills.